is the festival director at the Taiwan Film Festival, which is currently streaming all across Australia. Benson, welcome to Film Festival Guide. Thanks for having me, Kyle. You have spent your career working at, you know, Mardi Gras Film Festival. Uh, you know, you've been around the place in terms of festivals. What made you want to create your own festival? I think you started, I found it quite difficult for, I guess, for myself, coming from a different background, uh, English, not my first language, to actually get get really into the industry, okay, higher, I found it a bit just too hard to, to have the opportunity. And then and I saw this a little bit of a gap opportunity that, oh, actually not a lot of Facebook screens Taiwanese content. So I thought, I'll give it a go and see, see if people come and support it. And that, I think that's how it all started it, yeah. What were, what were some of the challenges? I know you've probably seen some yourself through, you know, coming through, you know, other festivals, but for you doing it on your own, like what were those some, what were some of those challenges that you had? Um, I, I feel quite, quite lucky. We have the whole team is always very supportive. And a lot of team has been working with me for the festival for the four years and they're still with us at this stage. So I, so I, I don't feel alone doing it all by myself, uh, put it this way. Um, but the, the hardest part is always um, financially, <laughs> You know, to sell ticket, to get funding, either private funding um, or government funding, especially the this year and the last year has been the hardest because the COVID, um, we, there's so many government funding and just so, so many uncertainty. Um, we don't get the actual amount or answer until like the week before the festival, even the week after the festival, we're like, oh, thank you. <laughs> so I think that's the hardest part with during the COVID time, yeah. You started off the festival with in-person screenings, you know, great audiences. In terms of the Taiwan Film Festival, what has it been like to pivot that to go through COVID and make an online-based festival? Um, I actually love it. I mean, with the online one, I can just walk from home like 24 hours a day. I don't have to go into the city and stuff. I'm a bit nerd like that. Um, and I think it's, it's good in a way because we actually have a lot of Taiwanese community or Asian community doesn't live in the city and they live in the regional New South Wales and stuff like that. Um, so we, we actually got quite a lot of feedback. They were like, oh, thanks for doing it online. And, and that's why kind of made us more confident to do it again this year. I think Korea Screen as well had the same feedback from, from the audience, yeah. Do you think that with that sense of feedback that you're probably going to actually change the way that your festival does even post COVID, that you're gonna be now a complete hybrid model? Personally, I will like that idea, but financially, I don't know if it's possible because that pretty much means we have to double up all our cost um, and budgeting. Um, so I don't know. I I just want to get this year over with first and then we'll get think about next year. <laughs> well, let's, I mean, let's talk about the festival. You know, it is, it's Taiwan Film Festival. It's a really great festival. For people who don't know about it, can you tell us a little bit about the sort of films that you screen at Taiwan Film Festival? I guess one of the key thing we always focus on when programming for Taiwan Film Festival is always diversity, um, not only for the mainstream audience, but also for cinephile, for uh, indigenous people, um, for people who love literature or people who like slow cinema, all sort of, and even like gay and lesbian community as well. And then I found this is quite important for all the festival to have this kind of diverse element in it. Um, so yeah, that's the key message for the film festival. <laughs> How are you finding, you know, that audience is like, you know, in terms of, you know, especially, you know, the non, 
Taiwanese audience is that are they are they kind of learning lots of things about you know the Taiwanese community you know that sort of things as well um I don't know that's interesting I always found especially for cinephile I found them familiar a little bit with Taiwanese cinema already because we have quite a few really internationally claimed director like Chai Min Liang, Ho Xiaoxian, and Li, you know. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say cinephile audience or general audience are completely unfamiliar with Taiwanese cinema. Um, but I guess we, the Taiwan Film Festival in Australia, my aim is actually to introduce more of a new generation director that we don't have, we, we not just only have Ho Xiaoxian or Chai Min Liang or Li, we have actually, actually other new ones that deserve to be shown and to be known as well. Let's talk about, let's talk about some of the films that you're screening at this year's Taiwan Film Festival. And let's start with Money Boys. So Money Boys um, is, is a really brilliant film. It actually got into the Cannes Film Festival this year and it got selected into three categories. And this, this director, Director E's first film, uh, it got selected into Creative Palm uh, on certain regard and I think the cinematography category as well. Uh, it's about, it's literally the storyline is about the same as the title, about the money boys, about this industry. Um, but to be honest, the film is actually based, supposed to be based in China uh, because of the financial reason and funding and stuff like that. They moved the shooting to Taiwan last minute. So even using the Taiwanese actor and stuff like that. But if you look at the whole narrative, it's actually more of a Chinese story rather than Taiwanese story. Um, but it's really good. It doesn't have this kind of stereotype of money boy industry or trying to over criticize this kind of industry or sex worker but it's really about just those two guys relationship and about how they're being repressed by the society or the tr traditional Chinese society stuff like that um it's, it's a good film I love it I can watch two or three times and never get sick of it <laughs> um and then you have Swingin which is one of your short films that's screening this year yeah, swing. I love it. When I when we were doing the short film selection, I watched it. I was like, I have to play this one. It's it's about the two gay that trying to raise a son, uh, whose son is from one of the dad's previous marriage and stuff like that. Um, I just thought it's such an important film to present, like be like a post same sex marriage kind of year in Taiwan and how how the society is. It's a bit of a la la land because I think in reality not everyone really still accept LGBT in Taiwan, but I just thought this kind of storytelling is quite unique and I, I'm really glad to someone do this kind of style, yeah. And then you have a sci-fi lesbian film called Butterflies, which I Butterflies. love a good, I love a good uh, genre queer film. So can you tell us a little bit about Butterflies? Totally. Um, so this is very interesting as well. This butterfly is directed by Albert Ventra, which is actually born in Spain, uh, Barcelona, and he moved to Japan and then now he's settled in Taiwan. So he's always been fascinated with science fiction and thriller, that kind of genre. So he created this, this um, bit of a kind of post-futuristic Taiwan, but at the same time, if you look at it, it actually can read in the ways in the past but also it's present as well that can happen any time of the day and how this one of the lady is a, a plastic surgeon can change change identity the person's identity and being hidden by the government's trades and stuff like that um yeah this is i would i don't think we see a lot of sci-fi lgbt films or ones and this one did really well i think it did really well so i'm highly recommended to check it out <laughs> 
I love the idea of that, and I and I definitely gonna check that one out. I think it it, it does sound really good. What um and for what, men as well. It's a woman, so it's even better. You know, often sci-fi is always like yeah. hero or like male male identity and stuff like that. Well, in terms of you know queer cinema, you know you've got films like you know Thelma and you know Aniara who do which do quite well. But you know in terms mm. of building you know queer cinema around especially Asian characters I think is amazing and I think shows how important you know intersectional cinema is um what are the um what are the uh, what are the dates so it will be the 16th to the 30th of September uh so it's halfway through now and will actually end next Thursday yeah well make sure <laughs> make sure you check out the festival to everyone listening in um you know you, you have kind of come through this world of you know film festivals and I, and I am curious in terms of your own life lessons, you know, what is your advice for people who want to get into film festivals? You really gotta have passion, man, because this industry is so hard and it's a good and bad. If you look at the, the, the industry people, people in this industry, they're in the industry for 10 or 20 years or 30 years longer. So if you look at that trend, you know how hard it is to really get in or, or even get a full-time job and yeah. Even yourself, you, 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 we pretty much started at the same time. Oh, you started a bit earlier than me, I think. Um, and yeah, tough. now you're running your own festival. <laughs> <laughs> you're running your own podcast, man. I mean, we're slowly look, getting there. <laughs> look, we're all, we're all doing so many things. I mean, there's clearly not much money in terms of, you know, film festivals. <laughs> we all have to do our own things, don't we? No, I know. It's really hard. I, I don't know, man. This is a hard question. I, I'm passionate about, but. Yeah, I don't know how, how long can go for, but I think one of the things that really keeps me going is to see Sydney film, to see me, see Mardi Gras, they still keep doing it. And every time I attend their festival, I think their program really inspire me and it's kind of give me the energy daily life and then like keeps me going to, okay, I can do another year of festival then. <laughs> so it's a bit like that. I don't think I can do it myself. It's too hard. <laughs> yeah. I love that kind of, you know, finding the kind of, feeling that because everyone else can do it I might be able to do it as well I, yeah. I, I love that and then you know if if somebody wants to look at programming for a festival as well is like I, I feel like sometimes that world isn't really explored when you are thinking about film it's always like I want to either be a filmmaker or a film producer but it isn't really something that's ever talked about in terms of wanting to find jobs and employment in, in film programming maybe because there's not many yeah. jobs but yeah. What is your advice for somebody who sort of wants to get into that world, which is a bit different, you know, film programming, film exhibition, being a part of festivals, you know, we kind of opened with that, but more is specifically around, you know, film programming in general. Oh, not sure I'm the best person to answer this one. <laughs> You're probably gonna ask Jenny for this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I think I'm still learning. Um, still learning how to how to program and then how to watch more film and not to be biased with my own personal taste is I think every year every day is a challenge trying to evaluate what you do is right or wrong and what, look at what other people do and they, they're doing it right or wrong um, I don't have the answer sorry <laughs> I, no, no I think you actually answered the question I think it's the idea of you know, trying to go against your own biases and I think that's a yeah. you know, it's a really important point because the yeah. fact that like you can very much be in your own head when you're you know watching these sort of films especially if you're watching them from your own sort of space you know we're recording this on zoom right now and you know the fact of like if you see something that's really uncomfortable 
am mm. I going to vote it down because I don't feel comfortable watching it? Or am I going to vote it up because it has very good cinematic quality? Is it going to yeah. find an audience? There are always okay. going to be these very like mixed and match questions in, or in, in regards to that. And I think, you know, you kind of make that point around, you know, inherent biases that exist within film programming. I have one of the film in this year's program is called The Silent Force. And then it's about sexual abuse with people with uh, disability and also especially on female students. That film was tough to watch. And it took me literally two months to, to struggle like if I should really put it in the program. Um, so I did it and I'm really glad I did because then a lot of reviewers came back to me and said, oh, this is one of my best films in the program and more, more people should, should watch it. And so, yeah, yeah. As well as that, you know, you've got a lot of documentaries screening at this year's festivals. Is there some there that, you know, stand out to be some of your favorites? That, that, that part is my personal bias because I love documentaries. So I always try to squeeze in more documentary in the program. And the whole team will be like, no, no, I'm not buying a ticket. And they're right, but I love those documentaries. Um, I, I really love there was one called The Tree Remembers. Uh, it's actually by a Malaysian doc, uh, filmmaker, a documentary filmmaker. And it's actually all about, it's all filmed in Malaysia about the indigenous culture, about the diverse culture in Malaysia, how the Chinese Malay or the local Malay kind of started their riots, the cultural riots. Um, before watching the film, I know nothing about it. Um, so I thought this is quite a, a important storytelling for people to see and to actually know more about what's happening in, in the Asia Pacific region rather than just, you know, Taiwan itself or Australia itself. I think it does open up our mind a bit more. Um, well, I have another one which is called The Way Home. It's the first uh, indigenous woman documentary we ever played at the festival. Um, even though she's an indigenous uh, person from Taiwan, but the film is really more coming from a female perspective, um, how a single mother trying to struggle either live in the city to, to work as a construction worker to pay for the family's food or being stay in the in the indigenous village, you know, to support the, the community for which you don't get paid, you don't get money for it. And so I think it's it's quite quite realistic in the way you see how actually a lot of people are struggle with this, you know, who don't know which way to go. Um yeah. So I hope people will see those two at least. Uh, and because we have the QA with both directors tomorrow night um, to go a bit further how they filmed it and why and what does it mean to them to the ownership of the land, you know, uh, this kind of topic discussion. So. As well as, you know, running the Taiwan Film Festival, you're also running this very cool event in October, which is the Taiwan and Asia Queer Literature. Yeah. <laughs> which sounds amazing. I was talking to a friend about it last night. It sounds absolutely amazing. Is can you tell us a little bit about it? So the, the whole thing is um, so how we did this year, we we started a French out the festival a bit rather than having a film, we wanted to introduce um translated Taiwanese literature, like say from Chinese to English, because without um film is more than just cinematography, is so about storytelling and then without this important opportunity for people to kind of read different kinds of storytelling from different diverse cultures uh, voices. Um, to get people inspiration, I hope. Um, so, so we did one, I think it was in July, uh, about the stolen bicycle, and that, that did really well. Uh, so the so October one will be, we partner with the Bookshop Darling Curse, which 
at the moment, we're still going to a restaurant. I don't know if that's going to happen or move into online. Uh, it's about the membranes. So this is another sci-fi uh, lesbian story as well. And it's about the future world in Taiwan or in Ireland and stuff like that. It's, it's fun. It's, um, we're very honored because um, the translator of this particular book, uh, The Membranes, uh, is actually Ari, Professor Ari. And then um, usually Ari is based in America, but now Ari is in uh, ANU uh, as a lecturer. So very honored to invite Ari to come to um, Sydney to join the panel. And then we also will have Thomas, which is a, a lecturer professor from Macquarie University as well. Um, Thomas specialized in boys love content. Um, so we will talk about that as well, and also as well, overall Asia queer literature to kind of introduce this market to to send the audience, I suppose. Yeah. Um, how do people how do people buy tickets to Taiwan Film Festival? Yeah. So come to the website www.taiwanfilmfestival.org.au, and then you can see all the program there. Just click book now, and it will lead you to the booking page. Benson, I could talk to you for hours. Of course, you are such a great person. Um, congratulations on all the success of the Taiwan Film Festival and thank you so much for joining me on Film Festival Guide. Thanks so much.